Hello. Hello. I have a very special person that I want to talk with today, and his name is Solomon Cutler. <laughs> Solomon is a successful businessman today, and he even calls himself a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> but his life didn't start that way. He didn't have a privileged or easy childhood, let's say, but he persevered and his life uh, started in the United States and now Hong Kong is his home and he just launched an amazing program that's endorsed and supported but by one of Shark Tank's best, Kevin Harrington. Uh, we will get to this great program. But first, uh, I'd like to ask you to tell us about yourself and your background a little bit more, Solomon. Uh, what would you like to add to my introduction about you? I think you did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my name is Solomon Cutler. And uh, as IPEC said, uh, I am a serial entrepreneur. And a serial entrepreneur is just someone who has uh, different businesses that they're trying to attempt to make successful and turn into some type of uh, profitable type of business. Uh, I currently live in Hong Kong, as I've said, and I've been here for a little bit over seven years. I live here with my wife and my two daughters, and we've been, we have been successfully transitioning here as far as into a different culture, learning and under, well, for me, a different culture. For my wife, it is her culture, learning and understanding a different culture and how to network and also how to build businesses. Um, when I initially came here, the two years I lived inside of China, and I was coming back and forth to Hong Kong as I understood it, as I attempted to understand that type of uh, culture, that climate, and also that demographic of which we're trying to work with and how to do it successfully. And so that's how I initiated another portion of the business and being able to understand and also build a network, which is what I did as far as in Hong Kong. Another part of what it is that I did was um, we also import beef from Mexico uh, into Hong Kong, into and then we're attempting to get larger, larger amount going to China, uh, Angola, and also Portugal, and then small portions inside of South America as well. Also, I'm a licensed uh, professional insurance agent and also a wealth manager. Also, I source products for different individuals around the world uh, through my connections inside of China as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little bit busy. Uh, of course, uh, COVID-19 has slowed things down tremendously. Yes, for all of us, for sure. Uh, but uh, I want to ask you, uh, how long have you been an entrepreneur? You know, um, what I did was um, I did work in the in corporate America for quite a few years, but I would say probably where I started learning how to make a profitable business out of it, it was probably been in excess of 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, what I was, um, what, I, what I did in the corporate world helped me to build some um, career capital and that I understood it, that I had acquired something that would be considered valuable enough where someone would pay me for it. Mm -hmm. And that's how I did it. And actually, when I initially broke off, uh, it was uh, just out of chance that I was doing my regular job and I was doing what I wanted to do on the side at night, which is really the best way that I would suggest anyone that's looking to go into uh, the entrepreneurship type of uh, industry. Yes. Yeah, well, uh, it doesn't seem like an easy thing to uh, work around or work into your life. But uh, so obviously it wasn't easy, but I still want to ask you, uh, 
how hard was it like was it how long did it take for you to to find a success that is uh, like satisfactory to you yeah that's an excellent question because uh you know everybody measures success differently but when you have a wife and you have young babies success really has to be measured financially um probably one of the one of the entrepreneurial journeys that I did take earlier was in the mortgage banking and also the real estate. And so what I did was that I worked on a commission only basis, meaning that I do not get paid unless I sell something. And that's very difficult as far as when you come into a new industry. But first, of course, I got my wife's permission to do that. And I promised her the world and the course I had to deliver. It took probably, um, you know, the thing is, is that I work very hard. I'm very diligent and I'm very disciplined. So if I don't know something, I, I will work at it until I get a very good understanding of what it is. And so I worked in that capacity probably for about probably for about three months, no pay, no money. So I still had mortgage, I still had car insurance, I still had bills, I still had family, I still had food that I need to put on the table. So of course that was coming out of the savings for four months. After doing that for four months, I got a better understanding of what the mortgage of the mortgage industry was about. And mortgage, of course, is just providing um, capital for individuals through a financial institution so they can actually purchase a home. And of course, there's different layers depending, of course, what their credit looks like. I did that for four months with no pay. After that, I got the hang of it and I was bringing in excess of 50,000 US dollars home a month. That was a minimum that I was bringing home per month. And the, the biggest success came was because that my wife believed in me and she gave me the okay, the okay to go ahead and do it. After I accomplished that, then I got, and then I took the test and I got my license and then I continued to pursue and then went on to get my real estate license as well. The benefit behind that was that I could do the real estate transactions. In addition, I can provide them the mortgage and the financing for their home as well and basically get paid on both sides of the transaction. And that made it more fundamentally sound. And then, of course, that increased the uh, financial revenue that I was able to generate. And, of course, the world that I had promised start to deliver a little bit on it. Wow. Yeah, that's a great way to, uh, to go, for sure. And you were lucky. Uh, you got the support from your wife. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's wonderful. But I want to ask you, uh, did you get any, uh, any kind of support from your parents when, at the beginning of your uh, journey? Or did you get any mentoring, any help? Um, definitely. Uh, I didn't receive much from my parents. I mean, except I don't want to say it that way. Uh, I received a tremendous amount of support when I was growing up. We grew up very poor. Uh, there was times, you know, we lived inside of a car when I was going to high school, living in low-end motels, living inside of a mission. And so what actually drove me was by growing up poor and having a lack of funds, having a lack of finances and not being able to do what it is I wanted to do. But because of that poverty that I grew up in, that was the greatest and the best teacher for me because it showed me what it was like to be poor, how much fun it was not to be able to supply for yourself. And then at 11 years old, I had the level of awareness of being able to say I could design my life how it is that I want it to be. And that was tremendously uh, instrumental for me. Uh, when you ask about some of my different mentors, because I didn't have the financial ability at that time to hire people or different things, I basically read every book about almost every billionaire at that time that was coming, millionaires, multimillionaires, 
uh, their different systems that they had, listening to their different audio books and everything, because the internet, I think is what, the early 80s when the internet came? Yeah. And so all the books, all the audio books, all the audio CDs, the cassettes, everything, I listened to those daily and daily. And that helped me frame the frame, my, the frame of mine and also the platform to jump off of because I, I didn't have it. And so the experience came by actually doing what it was that I wanted to do. Yeah, so it means that you had the vision and yes. you had the will to uh, do something about it. That's yes. the wonderful, best way to start, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, definitely you have to have a vision and it has to be a strong enough vision of what it is that you believe, what it is that you feel like you can actually bring into reality. And it wasn't a wish. It wasn't a guest list. It was something that I believed that how I believed, I don't know. How I knew what I wanted to do, I don't know. But I knew I wanted to create something that I wanted, and I wanted to create a lifestyle for my family that I would be proud of and said that I was able to do and provide for them. So the, out of it, the driving force was being able to do something that statistically said that I wouldn't be able to do. And that was one of the, the driving factors that pushed me, in addition to wanting to prove it to myself as well, that I can actually do it. Yeah, it's very inspirational, especially for the people who uh, who are envisioning themselves uh, from uh, coming from one spot to the others, one point to the other. Uh, it's it's a very beautiful example uh, you make for them. And uh, though uh, I want to ask you, do you have uh, one important person who in influenced you um, be it uh, an author or a businessman or someone that uh, made a difference in in your view um probably in my early life it would probably have to be uh the pastor of the church uh, i was always very involved inside the church and i followed him i followed his teaching a uh, very uh, understanding a very kind a very compassionate person and that's a lot of things that business that doesn't teach you, but that's something that's extremely important if you want to be successful in business, if you understand how to cultivate relationships and maintain relationships over a long period of time. And so if I have to say there's one person, I would have to say that it was my uh, church pastor as I was growing up. And I actually met him when I was, um, I want to say 23 years old or maybe a little younger. And to this day, I still write him a letter every single month and ask him, how's he doing? How's his wife doing? How's his family doing? And everything. So once a month, I, I touch base with him, if not through the, um, well, every month I touch base with him through the mail. And then periodically I call him as well. And that's been going on since I was in my early 20s. Wow. Wow. That's, that's wonderful. That's really amazing. Yeah, it's um, been a great relationship. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, you love to work. And especially when you launch a new product uh, the, uh, to the market, uh, that requires hard work, obviously. But I know that your family is also everything to you. How do you balance the two? Well, you, you know what? It's just like having two loves, you know? You can't love one without loving the other. But the other thing is that uh, with the business, uh, nothing takes place in my family. So if my family needed something, and I had a deadline or I had something that I had to do, definitely I would miss that deadline and my family, they would come first or someone needed help with a homework, someone needed help with uh, an art project or they were building something from school. 
it wouldn't matter what it is. The family is always first. And that's also an important component that I teach my girls to put inside their mind as well, that there's nothing more important than your family because when and if your friends turn their backs on you or they leave you or they decide they no longer want to be in a relationship with you, you can always count on your family. So I tried to instill in them to understand the importance of family. So the balance comes because family is always first, business is second. As long as I'm healthy, I'll be able to work, I'll be able to survive, I'll be able to feed my family. And so I don't look at it as a point that, oh, I have to work, I have to work, I have to work. I mean, I do have to work, but it's not the point to where if I don't work, I'm going to die. And that's really a blessing because that I'm in that financial position to where I have the ability to be able to make that decision. So the balance comes because there's a tremendous amount of love in both. I mean, I love, I love working very hard. I, I love working long hours. I was speaking with one of the uh, individuals from our group. He says, don't you get tired? Well, like everybody gets tired, but I don't get tired of doing these same things every day. It's just like, it's my family. It's my second family, the business. And then, of course, I have my, my first family. And so it's like, how do you get tired of your family? You can't. So you have to love them both equally and then give them the time, the maintenance, and the commitment that both of them need. And if we have that understanding about business and we understand the importance of family, then we'll understand where to put the energy and where to put the effort, when to pull back, and when also to give a little bit more. But it also comes uh, about with a, a strong level of communication, strong level of communication and understanding, because it is a team, of course, and a husband and wife, and then also we have kids. So there has to be a very strong communication and understanding and also a commitment as far as uh, what the necessities are, and then making sure, of course, the necessities are met. And if the necessities are being met at home, then the wife will be happy. Yes, yes. <laughs> a happy wife, a happy life, right? <laughs> that is true. That is true. I have learned that over the 21 years of being married almost. Yes. Uh, so uh, how is your life uh, living overseas in comparison to the uh, United States? Uh, yeah, it's different. It's different. You know, um, the majority of the time in the U.S. we spent in, uh, in California. And so California is a sort of happy, free, easygoing kind of country. And that's, I don't want to say country, but that culture there. And it's known for being that type of lifestyle. Uh, sometimes too much, too easy, and too freewheeling and different things. Um, so the transition for me was a little bit tough, only because that everyone's not free, happy, and easygoing here. It's a little bit stressful. Um, and, you know, people aren't always so friendly, but, you know, that comes with the territory. But the reason is, is that um, I understand the purpose and the reason that I came here. And that was for my wife and for her to be whole, for her to be healthy, and for us to be able to raise our girls together successfully. And so it was about me coming here, but it wasn't about me. It was about the family being whole and being together. And so I already know whatever it takes as far as for the family to be whole, I'm going to do it. So the transition was a transition, but I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. We are resilient as human beings. We get used to anything as we long can. as we want to. That's true. That's the catch. If we want to, we can do it. Yeah. So as you are a serial entrepreneur, uh, I know many other entrepreneurs uh, would like to get your perspective on what areas might be the most profitable ones that are worth investing time and money at the moment. You know what? If anybody's looking to get into the entrepreneur field, I would say for them to go in the area where they have actually built 
some career capital. So if they were an engineer, if they were some type of construction, or if they were um, an import-export expert, whatever their field of expertise is, I would say grow into that. Don't attempt to do something that's outside of what your specialty is because you don't have the same level of career capital. So before, if you were an excellent administrative or HR person or different things, and find out maybe how I can start an HR agency and then do the same thing that I was doing because you have a certain level of skill and also expertise that you've already acquired. And then it becomes valuable enough that if you do it correctly, you do it well, you do it proficiently, somebody will pay you for it. And a lot of times the mistake that people make is that they go from the place where they had career capital into something that they just think they could do better than someone else. And that's really, it's not enough. It's not, a, that's, that's a very dangerous pitfall actually that a lot of people fall into. But if they go into an area where they have career capital, they can, they can more than likely find success. The other thing that I would say, as we spoke about as well, is that try it on the side while you still have your nine to five or 10 to six or whatever it is. And then the seat is, am I good enough to where people would actually pay me to do what I think they will? I mean, because the market will ultimately dictate how much we're actually worth. We might think we're worth, you know, $10,000 an hour, but if the market is only willing to pay you $30, $40, $50 an hour, and then that's what you're worth. And so we have to be able to do our due diligence and do our market research and understanding uh, who our client is and how it is that we could best serve them. So where to go, wherever you have built a certain level of expertise, and then find out if you can do your own on the side, and if you're good enough, that someone will actually pay you for it. Wow, this is really uh, golden. Thank you. Wonderful <laughs> advice because uh, what you're saying is uh, you already have some experience. If you have it, just use it in your own business rather yes. than going and trying to uh, create uh, a totally new something, right? New business, yeah, new see, subject. Yeah, and see how good you are. You might think you're, you know, double A, five star. But really, when you look, will people pay you double A five star for the level of credibility that you have or for your credentials? Maybe, maybe not. But it's up to you to find out first. And if you do it um, in a short fashion by you know, putting up a Facebook page or getting a business license, open up a banking account, and then start marketing your services and seeing what people will pay you and if that's actually a viable place that's long-term that will exist and that you can actually do the things that you want, it might be a place for you to spend more effort and energy into. Yeah, that that's, makes so much sense. Thank you. And sure. now uh, let's get to your latest success story, which I know you are very proud of. Uh, can yep. you introduce us to your PACE program and what it entails? Thank you. Um, the PACE program, actually, it's a seminar in a box. And what that means is that it's a do-it-yourself seminar. So someone that's a keynote speaker, a business coach, an aspiring coach, uh, seminar hosts, they already have the ability, the skills, and know-how, how to speak to individuals. What I do is I provide them all the comprehensive and necessary materials where they can hold a seminar. Everything that I give, everything that I provide to them, they can hold a seminar the next day. And what it does, uh, it continues to build their brand, and also it gives them an additional service that they can offer to the clients. And so the PACE program, the way it was developed, it's, it's something that I did for over 10 years back in the U.S., 
And what I, what I did was I redeveloped it so that anybody and everybody could do the exact same thing that I did and then also get the same results. It's broken up into three parts, um, awareness, change, and evolve. Each one is broken up into four days, and each day is six and a half hours of training, exercises, experiential training, um, one-on-one challenges, uh, group exercises, and also homework as well. So it's very comprehensive and in-depth. And people will walk away with a better sense of who they are, what are some of the different things in their life that they would consider to change, and then ultimately evolve to a place and a point to where they understand that they have something valuable enough where they can give back to others. Wow, that's quite a profound uh, education. Yes. Great training. Yeah, wonderful. That's, I mean, uh, in a nutshell, you, you explained it very well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, people like me who follows you closely on LinkedIn know how this all started and became uh -huh. a reality. But for the ones who don't know, could you please tell us about how uh, Kevin Harrington of Shark Tank came, came to the picture? Sure. Thanks for asking. Um, over 10 years ago, when I was watching Shark Tank, I had made up in my mind that which one of the sharks that I wanted to work with. And I had picked Kevin Harrington, and that's over 10 years ago. In the process of that 10 years, now I'm seven years removed from the US, so that reduces my chance of my ability to actually go with the shark that I initially wanted. I never changed my vision or my plan. And so I, heard, I followed him on the website, I followed him through his uh, website and the different things that go on within the industry about speakers, keynote speakers, and these individuals where they're going and what's going to happen kevin harrington last year in april came to a keynote speaker where they were hosting here in hong kong it is the same vision from 10 years ago so i made up my mind of course i'm going to meet him i'm going to give him my business card i'm going to take a picture with him and then see what's going to be the necessary steps in order to, for him to believe in my product and actually hope host it and help me bring it um, actually to fruition and to reality so i did meet him I did buy the ticket. I did take the picture with him. I did give him my business card. After I did that, it took 12 months from April of last year until April of this year until he actually signed the agreement together and says that he's going to work with me and he's going to help me bring it to market and he's going to make, help me bring my dream of reality. So it was that one year additionally after I had met him and also taken the picture. So it, it's like uh, you didn't go to the Shark Tank show but no. you, you went through the whole uh, process uh, outside yes. the TV program, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, as soon as I, as soon as I saw him, you know, I, I introduced myself to him and then boom, I went straight into my pitch and told him about the PACE program, the program of awareness, change and awareness and what it was about, the different things about it. And some of the, just a brief synopsis. And I gave my business card and I already had a friend that came with me. I says, hey, as soon as I go over there and start taking, as soon as I start talking with him, go ahead and just start clicking pictures. And then at the end, I asked him, is it okay if I take a picture with you? And he said, yes, but I already had a full roll of pictures because I had somebody already taking pictures. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, okay. If uh, people are interested uh, with your uh, program, uh, what is your website? Uh, can yeah. you? Yeah, the website is uh, www.stepupthepace.com, www.stepupthepace.com. And we're going to be doing something a little bit unusual and new, probably in less than two weeks. And so for everybody that's interested, hold on. 
something exciting is coming down. Ooh, and you're saying it here with me. That's yes. awesome. That's great for me and for you and for both of us. Okay, yes. thank you so much for your time. And uh, everything you told about yourself uh, is, uh, is very inspirational to so many people who are going through uh, a similar um, path and who are trying to uh, do something with their lives and uh, create a business. So thank you so much for everything you, you told right now. And you also uh, share on LinkedIn with so many people. Uh, it's, you are providing so much great information to so many people. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me as well. Of course, I enjoy having you as one of my friends also. Thank you so much, Solomon. Bye-bye now. Uh, bye-bye.